Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Here's what you can expect from Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you to become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. If you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more episodes, feel free to like, comment, and share the podcast with your closest friends and family members. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z plant-based and happy community. Remember to stay happy, healthy, and plant-based. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Today I have Mark Chapman on, and he's a 51-year-old pro-vegan bodybuilder. He's been vegan for 11 years and was vegetarian for 10 years prior. He's also a retired police sergeant from Southern California and now lives in Central Oregon. He originally went vegan because of the inhumane conditions of animal agriculture, but after seeing the enormous health benefits of a plant-based diet, he can never go back. He's an athlete ambassador for Switch for Good and sponsored by Gains in Bulk, which has a great line of plant-based supplements. I'm super excited to talk to Mark. Let's get started. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. I want to thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great, Jennifer. It's my pleasure. Amazing. So let's jump right in. You are a vegan bodybuilder, and at 51 years young, would you say that you're at peak performance? And what would you say is attributing to being at the top of your game right now? Um, I would say that I'm pretty much at peak performance. Surprisingly, I have no pain, um, joint pain, any inflammation pain um, at all compared to, you know, 20 years ago um, when I was a meat eater and actually had a lot of tendonitis pain um, from training. So it's surprising that I actually feel better now than I did when I was in my 30s. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with my plant-based diet simply because I've been plant-based for 11 years and was vegetarian for probably 10 years before that. So it's been well over 20 years since I had any animal products such as meat. Even when I was vegetarian, it was usually some cheese that you'd have on a, on something, but it certainly wasn't like dairy milk, you know, actual milk or um, anything like that. But I think the vegan diet has a lot to do with, um, you know, keeping obviously the joint inflammation down and yeah. um, stuff like that. And, and just once you can work through the issue so much, like work through the pain, it actually can heal it by strengthening that area that was, you know, you were unable to work before. So 
Right. And would you say that you suffer from far less injury now as opposed to, let's say, when you were 30? Um, I would say, I mean, I, get, I do get injured. It's, it's fairly... I don't know, maybe once or twice a year, I'll do something stupid. <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily an injury from just training. It's something um, like doing a wrong move or something. Yeah. Um, you know, I just hurt my wrist, for instance, and it had nothing to do with actual training. It was the way I moved my wrist while picking up a dumbbell. Um, but obviously it's not enough to stop me from training, but it was a, you know, a slight injury. But um, I have uh, pretty much, you know, I, I, I'm careful about it because, you know, I know that I'm not 20 yeah. um, and that, that, you know, I can't necessarily, um, you know, I don't focus on maxing out or deadlifting 700 pounds or stuff that really doesn't do anything for me in my line of competition. Mm -hmm. um, so I am more careful about it, um, but I don't really get injured that often. So... So what's say, your, what's your recovery time like? Um, usually like if I, I have, obviously, as you know, injuries are recurring. So once you do it once, that's, that's a kind of a weak spot. And I've had it where I've had a, a, a back injury, not a spinal, but like a, a lat type injury. Um, and usually if I hurt it, it's usually a day off and then I'm back at the gym a little lighter than normal, but back in the gym, um, if I do it, I, I mean, probably three, four months ago, I heard it fairly bad doing hack squats and, um, I ended up going and getting acupuncture and cupping done, um, which actually was amazing because I was in the gym the next day after that. Um, so I actually bought a cupping set so that I can do it here, um, for, for any minor pains, but I would, I would say it's usually a day or two that I can be back in the gym. Oh, that's amazing because, you know, like for me before going plant-based, I could do the same thing, tweak something, picking up a dumbbell, bending over the wrong way. And I was literally, literally out for three or four days. Now it's the same close, closer to what you're talking about where a good day of rest and I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah. And obviously the mental aspect gets me more than the physical aspect. Yes. You know, where missing the gym is like torture. So even if I have to go in there and hobble around like a cripple, yeah. you know, I'll probably do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it comes with the territory. Yeah, to the detriment of my own body, I'll end up doing it. You know, I should be just resting, but I just, the brain won't let you, you know. No, no, exactly. So how do you feel uh, with the bodybuilding industry today? How do you feel that it's have you do you feel that it's changed over the years and do you think for the good for the bad well the big time big pros um you know real you know ifbb mr olympia type guys i think it's i think it's gotten a little worse than it was let's say well definitely worse than it was say in the 70s for you know in the schwarzenegger days and stuff yeah. just for sheer volume of pharmaceutical use um, I mean, I saw a listing of the stuff that they would take and it's just outrageous. Um, and, and I just, I don't know. I mean, and that's why you see a lot of, you know, you've seen a spat of, of pro bodybuilders die in the last several years of different, in, you know, different, uh, ailments like, you know, heart attack or stroke or, or whatever. Um, so I think though that level has gotten 
because it's so unregulated, right. they can just do whatever they want. Um, at the lower levels, um, obviously you still have some of that problem if it's in an untested uh, area, which you know, I did some NPC shows and, and I wouldn't do them again because in my age bracket, um, pretty much everybody that's in my age brackets using something mm-hmm. um, just for testosterone production. Uh, so, you know, and it's very obvious with the bloated guts and all that stuff, um, which to me, I just thought was unfair. So once I went to the federation I'm in now, which is the INBA, PNBA, which is tested at Olympic level standards, they do a lot of testing. Um, so you know that the playing field is level. Um, yeah. I think that level, as far as drug use, is good. I still think that the typical bodybuilder diet is um, uh, somewhat unhealthy, simply because the mass of animal proteins you're ingesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna, it, you know, you may look fantastic, but on the inside, you're, you're still gonna have the clogged arteries, and you're still gonna have the inflammation and the and the uh, you know switching on the the you know, things in your body that, you know, cause cancer growth or diabetes and all that stuff. And you may look fantastic at 30, but, you know, how are you going to be at 60 when you, when that catches up to you, so to speak? Yeah, that diet definitely doesn't, isn't conducive with longevity in any, never mind competition, but just in life in general, I think. No, no, it's in, and especially the, the volumes of animal protein that are consumed um, compared to the average person. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mind blowing when you actually look at the numbers. I mean, the average person thinks that they need more protein than they actually need. Oh yeah, they're, they're, it's that's because the meat and dairy industry has been banging that word into your head for decades. Um, so everybody thinks they need protein to you know sustain their their body when they could probably use a quarter of what they're intaking. Oh, exactly. So let's let's talk about the moment that you went pro. Did you did your mindset change? Did anything change at all? Uh, just walk us through that moment. It was, I was actually not expecting it. I was competing at a show in in Davis, California, uh, the INBA Western USA show in 2017, um, and. Um, I was competing in my in the Grandmasters, which in my federation is age group fifty to fifty nine. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I took first place, and then I was awarded a pro card. I wasn't because I hadn't paid attention to that category being a pro qualifier. Um, so I was quite surprised, and and you know, obviously very excited and happy that you know I I'd done that because I something that you know since I was training in my twenties, um, I always dreamt of being a, a competitive bodybuilder, obviously from watching, you know, pumping iron and, and, um, stuff like that. And I always really admired the old school, um, you know, bodybuilders, you know, Frank Zane, Ed Corney, all those guys, um, mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger. Um, so it was, it was kind of surreal. And then once I got home and started training, I realized, okay, I need to step my game up because, you know, now it's, a, you know, now you're not just going against anybody. You're going against people who have actually won um, in their, in their competition. So now, you know, it's kind of a, a more of a competitive field. Right. And, 
And how many of the competitors do you think were plant-based? None. Yeah. So that's pretty, that speaks volumes in itself. Yeah, I don't, I, I've only competed with, hmm, I think one other guy and he wasn't in my class. Um, uh, I know a guy who recently went vegan after the last show I was in, but he again was, he's only in his, I think he's in his early thirties or late twenties. Um, and he just went vegan maybe six months ago or less. Um, and I know several other guys that I will be competing against this year because I'm doing the bigger shows like the team USA and the natural Olympia in Vegas. Amazing. And, um, I know at least two other guys who are in my age group that are also plant-based. So, you know, we'll see. So I have a question for you then. How, how long do you think a bodybuilder who was eating a traditional Western diet, traditional bodybuilding diet should be vegan before they can really consider themselves a vegan bodybuilder? Uh, that is a good question because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's just leftover muscle from meat eating type of thing. And, and for me, it's like, okay, well, 21 years, that's, that's pretty good um, for <laughs> residuals. Um, considering, you know, like for me, you know, I wasn't training as a bodybuilder, you know, 10 years ago. So exactly. you know, adding, yeah. how, do you, how do you explain that I've added muscle mass and weight and all that stuff um, on strictly on a vegan diet? But I think that, I don't know. I, I would think that, you know, if you've been vegan a year, mm -hmm. um, your body has fully um, adapted. I mean, I'm, it takes much less time than that um, to, it's not like protein. You eat a hamburger, you know, a, an animal product burger, and it sticks with you for six months. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if, if you were to suddenly go to a plant-based diet um, and, and, you know, you're adding the same exact protein that your, your body doesn't know the difference between animal protein and, and, you know, plant protein. In fact, plant protein is more digestible, but your body doesn't know the difference. Protein is protein. So, you know, there's this whole myth that, well, those muscles are from meat and now you're going to lose them all on a plant-based diet. It's like, it's just complete ignorance because there's no difference in how your body processes the two proteins. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for, for some of these guys who I'm sure that you've met a few who are all of a sudden overnight, they, you know, you saw them say on Instagram, social media platforms or whatever, and they're talking about how they're talking about bodybuilding. And then all of a sudden, because let's face it, plant-based nutrition is pretty trendy right now. How do you feel about these guys who are like, oh, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm vegan. Now I'm a vegan bodybuilder. Like, do you think that they should, I don't know how to say it, but do you think that they should maybe, um, preface it with something? Well, I feel like these guys haven't really put in the work. Like, I mean, you've been doing this for over 20 years. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel yeah. like these guys kind of just jump on this and say, oh yeah, and I'm a vegan bodybuilder too. So what do you? Yeah, and I, yeah, I do think that you almost have to earn your salt, so to speak. Um, That's what I was trying to come up with. I mean, with. I, I, come, I was a cop for, for 17 years. So, you know, there's always a pecking order in my book, you know, and, and when you're the new guy, you get treated like the new guy. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's just, you know, police work talking, you know, about, you know, how know your place, so to speak. Yeah, the rookie. Um, yeah, you're, yeah, you, I mean, if you come out and say, yeah, I'm a vegan and a bodybuilder, um, but I just went vegan. And, you know, if you have some kind of preface to it, rather than trying to fool everybody, because I think the biggest problem we have is not being honest with people about what's going to happen with the diet. And mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people, you know, if you come out and you start telling people all along, hey, I'm a vegan bodybuilder, blah, blah, blah. And then they do some research on you and find out that you just went vegan, you know, a month ago, your, your word means nothing because you just basically lied to them and told them that I built this, you're implying I built this body on a plant-based diet. And then they find out that you didn't, you know, obviously it hurts their reputation more than anything else. And obviously it makes them also believe that, well, you can't build that kind of body on a plant-based diet because they didn't, you know, you know, right. kind of thing. So. It's, it's like they're, you know, like for a guy like you who's been working on this for over 20 years. And I mean, that your story is authentic and it's amazing. And then you've got these guys coming in who have, like you said, they've only been vegan for a month. And then somebody finds out like, oh, well, <laughs> a month before that, you were actually eating all the meat in the world. So Yeah. 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 So I, th I think it's, and obviously it's, it's not hurting, you know, people like me because I, I can, you know, you can trace my roots type of thing, but I think it, it's in their favor if the people who are newly plant-based let their clients or whoever they're talking to know that they are newly plant-based. Yeah. And I mean, there's something to be said about that too. You can tell your clients like, look, it's only been a month and these are the changes that I I'm experiencing and this is why I am suggesting or recommending this type of lifestyle to you too. Because exactly. It's a positive yeah. way that you can spin on that but I feel like you know there's a lot of negativity on that too and a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors when it comes to what some some people are doing. Yeah absolutely. Uh, so can you tell us what you think vegan bodybuilder, how you think vegan bodybuilders have an advantage over non-plant-based bodybuilders um, during training, during competition, during off-season? Well, I think during training, obviously, like we discussed, you don't have the inflammation issues that can plague uh, a, a traditional, you know, meat eater bodybuilder. Um, and, and granted, you may not feel that a whole lot when you're in your 20s mm -hmm. um, or even your 30s, but you know, by the time you get older, it, you know, you're going to feel it. Um, so obviously that is not an issue. Um, as far as like competition and, and stuff like that, it's actually, I think, easier to lose weight on a plant-based diet for prep than it is as a meat eater. And, and I'll qualify that by saying that, you know, every time I eat my protein source, which I is generally seitan, which I make at home, so it's I can control sodium and everything that's in it. Um, yeah. It has no fat in it. There's no saturated fat, and there's no you know. So it, it's a high protein. In fact, it has the same protein content as say beef, um, but with zero fat. So when I'm eating that protein source and I'm trying to cut carbs and fat to lose weight to get ripped for a show. 
you know, I'm eating that with no fat, as opposed to the traditional bodybuilder who's eating, say, chicken, which is actually one of the biggest sources of saturated fat in the American diet. Mm -hmm. Every bit of protein they're ingesting, they're also ingesting quite a large portion of fat. So it, you know, they can cut carbs, but they still have that fat intake that I perhaps I don't have. So, you know, I can drop, you know, eight pounds in like, I, my general contest prep, I, I started the first time I did eight weeks and I hit my goal in like three. And then wow. I'm like, okay, now I got to maintain this for five <laughs> weeks, right? Yeah. So I might as well just go off the diet and go back on it. And then, um, so I cut it down at my last show to four weeks and I still hit my goal in less than three. Um, but again, qualify that again is that I don't carry, I'm not one of the guys that puts on 20, 30 pounds of fat in the off season. I, right now I'm about eight pounds over my competition weight. So, you know, I'll maintain eight to 10 pounds. And then when I need to lose it, you know, I can lose it very quickly. I mean, if somebody called and said, Hey, we want to do a photo shoot, I could die for two weeks and be ripped. So, you know, yeah, well, especially if you're eating a plant-based diet, right? Because it's not, it, most of it is probably just cutting back on the amount of calories that you're consuming because what you're eating is already pretty perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I just lower my portion sizes generally. I mean, I'm yeah. still, uh, uh, I was at, one show and the guy was asking, well, he was, there was a guy there from the co local college doing a stuff on, on bodybuilders and stuff. And he had asked what I'm eating as a vegan. And I said, you know, potatoes and vegetables and seitan and stuff. And he says, like sweet potatoes. And I said, no, I'll eat my regular potatoes pretty much every day for lunch for the most part. Um, and he's like, you can eat potatoes. And it's like, they, they got this brainwash that, somehow a starchy vegetable is going to make you fat. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing. Carbs don't make you fat. Fat makes you fat. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so why, you know, I can generally eat potatoes and, you know, my regular diet, just cutting back on my portion size, um, right up to the show date, you know? And so it's, I don't really suffer where a lot of people are like, oh, I've been dieting for 16 weeks and stuff. And I was like, well, I've dieted for three and I don't, you know, I'm not really like feeling any, you know, any negative effects of it where I'm starving or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that I find too, way back when I was doing competitions, I, because I'm small naturally, I really didn't have to prep too far out, but I found that a lot of the other girls who were in the competition with me who had a higher body fat percentage naturally than I did anyway, they were completely depleted and oh, yeah. exhausted. And I can only imagine if I, if I did a competition today, because I mean, in two, like you said, in two weeks, I could get ready and I would have all the energy that I need and everything else just because that's what plant-based living gives to you. Yeah. And people don't understand that until they actually do it. Because again, you know, as a nation, especially the United States, um, you know, I noticed Canada is just removing dairy from their food pyramid or recommendations to remove it from their food pyramid where the U.S. is so bought and paid for by the meat and dairy industry that you're getting fed a pile of lies every single day about the nutrition factor of meat and dairy. And it's just lies. It's just lies. And, and they're basically ruining people's lives and, and putting them on a lifetime of medication simply to make a buck. And that's, you know, unfortunate. Yeah. It's sad. Do you think though that people are starting to 
empower themselves and take control over their health? I think they are because I think as more information is coming out, you can see that veganism is growing by massive percentages every year. I think it was some foods were up like 600% last year or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think a lot of, um, a lot of, especially younger people are not buying into the, you know, meat and dairy industries, you know, stories anymore. And because there's such an internet based culture, Mm -hmm. All that information is out there as opposed to the old days when you could, the only thing you could see was if you were rich enough to put an ad in the paper, which now is obviously a whole different world. Oh yeah. No kidding. I, yeah. Millennials definitely have that advantage over say when you and I were growing up, because like you said, I mean, my parents told me to drink my milk in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah. Eat my meat. No matter, yeah. No matter what effects it had on you. I mean, I was, always dairy was always very bad for me um i mean i would have stomach pains and and all kinds of digestive issues every time i drank it and and um and it's and it's very common for people they just try to muscle their way through it thinking they have to have this stuff to be healthy yeah they need it for the calcium which is completely wrong yeah i know but yeah. you know so, marketing <laughs> let's switch modes a little bit um Let's talk about the average guy. He's out of shape. He's stressed out. He's a busy professional. What do you think he can do right now? Say he's around 45 years old. What can this guy do to start getting into shape? Well, I think the first thing you do is, is you look at your diet because obviously diet is 80% of, of everything. Not only how you look physically, but how you feel and how you think. Um, so if you can change your diet, you know, obviously I would always advocate for a plant-based diet. If, if you can't, you know, do that, take small steps and start replacing things with plant-based foods because. What, sorry, what's the first thing that you would replace? Um, uh, first thing I would ditch is everything dairy mm -hmm. because it's, you know, I mean, as far as the effects on your body, it's actually far more destructive than pretty much almost all other animal products. Um, yeah, so well, it's the most pro-inflammatory food. Yeah, and it's, you know, cheese is the highest, you know, uh, the highest source of sodium in the diet, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can eliminate dairy products is the first step I would take is getting rid of all the dairy products. And that alone will probably cure a lot of the ailments that you've collected up to the age of 45. Um, you know, you might have a, a, you know, an allergy problem or, or, a, you know, any kind of, you know, inflammatory, bad knees, hips, you know, shoulders, whatever, that will probably do a lot just to solve those issues. Um, and then I would say, you know, as, as you can keep modifying your diet and, and switching over to what I would always recommend as a whole foods, plant-based diet, um, then you, you know, do simple stuff like, you know, park your car. Um, you know, a lot of people park and they walk or, you know, take the elevator, you know, take the stairs, you know, and, and start moving. Um, you know, if you can get up even 20 minutes earlier than normal and just do some simple uh, walk around the block, get the blood moving. Um, and that's going to make you feel a lot more energized and revitalized. Um, you know, and it depends on what your habits are. You know, if you're really tired in the afternoon, you might want to, you know, obviously that's going to be a food issue. Um, more than anything, um, you might want to look at that. You might want to look at your caffeine intake. If it's too high, 
you're going to have that kind of issue. If you like, if you're milk, if you have a cup of coffee in the morning, that's one thing, but if you're milking it throughout the day, you yeah. know, then, <laughs> you're then letting you're, off now, the coffee. You know, yeah. You're basically running solely on coffee rather than, and what happens if you have too much caffeine, obviously your body starts shutting down your natural energy supplies because it doesn't need them anymore. Cause you're putting in a false energy supply in its place. So, um, you'll end up crashing a lot more than if you just let your natural uh, energy stores go. And obviously if you're eating, you know, a good plant-based diet, you have plenty of complex carbohydrates, you know, potatoes and, and things, you know, legumes and stuff like that are going to fuel you throughout mm -hmm. the day. Um, you know, and if you can get in the gym, absolutely get in the gym and, you know, you're going to be sore, uh, you know, obviously as you start, but you just consistency is the biggest key to anything um, is just keeping it up. You know, you're not going to see gains really fast. Um, so the key is don't get discouraged and stick with it. And you'd be surprised how you look a year down the road. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think you're absolutely right about the diet and working out. They go hand in hand because, you know, you, you need a good diet to be able to train properly and you need to train properly to be hungry enough to eat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's talk about how you train for your competitions and you know, what do you eat? What does that look like? And how does, how is that different than what you were doing before? Um, it's kind of before, obviously, before I started competing and, um, you know, I mean, before I started competing, I, I should preface it that for the 10 years before I started competing, I was in a touring heavy metal band. So, um, I was on the road a lot and ate just whatever, you know, I mean, it was vegan food, obviously, but it's not exactly, you know, Del Taco, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, right? You know, whatever you can find and whatever the, the venue is feeding you, so to speak. So I, you know, I wasn't really big on nutrition, so to speak. I was still eating a whole foods plant-based diet, but, you know, it was a lot more junky just because of what's available to you. Um, and then I decided when I was 49, that at 50, I was going to start competing. And I competed, you know, the month after my 50th birthday was my first competition. Um, so my main diet now is, um, you know, I'll get up in the morning. Um, I'll have, uh, you know, I, during my workout, I drink, you know, the water with, you know, branch chain aminos in it. Um, and I have four, what they call, nitric oxide chews mm -hmm. they're from a from a company that i'm sponsored by and they have some natural caffeine in them but also have you know nitric oxide and stuff to get a good pump and good blood flow going um and then i'll train for about an hour and a half um and i do a three on one off so i do the whole body take a day off the whole body take a day off um and then i'll come in and have oatmeal and uh well, I'll have a, I'll have a plant-based protein shake after, right after my workout. And then I'll have oatmeal for breakfast with, you know, chia seeds and hemp hearts and, and, uh, I'm trying to think uh, what else in it, raisins. And, and I usually sweeten that with a little molasses and that's just something that, you know, I kind of favor, even though a lot of people might not like it. Um, and then lunch, I'll generally always have a vegetable, uh, uh, potatoes, you know, probably the small potatoes and seitan, um, which, uh, like I said, I, I make at home. So, you know, I, I know exactly what's in it. Um, 
And then at about 2.30, we'll have an afternoon snack, which for me comprises of about generally another protein shake. Um, and then depending if I'm on, if I'm on season or off season, we'll have like, I'll have half a bagel. Mm-hmm. If I'm competing, I might not have the half a bagel and just have the shake. Um, and depending on where I'm at, as far as what I want to lose, if I need to accelerate it a little bit, I'll cut out that, that carb and just have the protein shake. Uh, and then dinner is generally, um, it, uh, we're very, we, we eat very much the same all the time. I mean, there might be, you know, might have half a sweet potato, um, some vegetable, whatever it is, and, um, seitan again. Um, or we might end up to my, my wife might make a, a tofu scramble or something of that nature, or like a tofu stir fry, um, or something, you know, obviously cooking with no oil or anything like that. Um, and have it over some brown rice or something like that. So, and if I'm right before competition, after that, the only thing I have at eight thirty at night, I'll have another protein shake before I go to bed, uh, so that I have a protein store throughout the night, um, and I won't eat anything solid technically after dinner. If I'm off season, then you know I might have uh, you know a banana and and then rice cake or something, you know, real fancy stuff. Um, <laughs> Sounds like dinner. my diet. <laughs> yeah, but like, so basically. You know, depending on where I'm at for where my weight loss goals are and where I'm looking, how I'm looking in the mirror, I can tweak things by eliminating, you know, something here or something there. But it's pretty much, I eat pretty much the same exact thing almost every day just because I'm a creature of habit. So, well, that's the, so it's funny that you say that because a lot of people who are non-plant based, they talk about not wanting to eat the same thing every day. Meanwhile, if, if they took their food journal and read it back to me a hundred times over. I'll tell you that they are eating the exact same thing every day. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's just a, it's the same concept, but they, you know, I don't know. It's almost like a way to not have to commit to something because, well, I don't want to eat the same thing every day, even though they do eat the same thing every day. It's just, you know, how, how long has your wife been vegan? We have done everything together. So we were a vegetarian wow. together. Uh, she kind of grew up in a vegetarian household. Her mom is vegetarian, has been since she was born, um, which I personally, I personally look at the vegetarian diet and think it's actually unhealthy because of all the dairy that's all involved. All the dairy, yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, and that's why you see a lot of overweight vegetarians too because of that dairy, that saturated fat and, and all that cholesterol in the dairy products. Um, but we basically went vegetarian together and then we, you know, I always had a problem with meat. I mean, I would eat, you know, chicken and have this real bad, you know, stomach, you know, I don't know, stomach issues with you know, a lot of stuff. Um, so it really didn't bother me to, to stop eating animals. But um, basically one day, you know, 11 years ago, she was cooking something and cutting up chicken or something and just thought how disgusting it was. Um, mm-hmm. And we went vegan after that and never changed, never went back. So, um, you know, and that's, it's, that's it's really cute. Yeah, yeah. That's so cute that you, you guys did it together. And there is a moment I, I, it didn't happen to me, but I've heard similar stories of somebody cutting up, uh, beef or chicken and they just looked at it in a different way in that moment. And that was it. 
Yeah, I mean, you see that vein or something in it. Yeah. And you just realize what, you know, and the fact that you have to get out the bleach and scrub your counters because, uh-huh. and this is, you're, you're going to eat this stuff, but you got to get out some industrial cleaner to clean your counter. It's like, are you insane? Yeah. You know? well, yeah. It, it takes to get to that moment when you really start to understand exactly what's going on. Uh, but before that, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are just sort of that ignorance is bliss. Um, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. They so don't I, want to. They're the same ones who won't look at the videos of how their meat is made. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the slaughterhouse videos that you and I have seen, mm-hmm. they refuse to watch, but they'll go out and buy the burger. And it's like, how come, you know, you're only eating that meat because you won't acknowledge how it's made. Or you'll say, well, that doesn't happen in this country. And it's like, you're crazy. That's why, you know, it's like, it's just try to find an excuse to justify you know, what I see is, is a, as a, you know, ignorance on, you know, that their part, which is just unfortunate, but. Well, people will find excuses for anything. Excuses not to go to the gym, excuses not to eat a certain way. And I find it's always an excuse when it seems too hard at first. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, that's sort of saying it's so easy to change to a plant-based diet. Um, there's a, there's a learning curve, of course, just like with everything, yeah. but there are so many good books out there um, that will walk you through, uh, you know, how, you know, people ask me for recommendations and I always point them to several books. There's mm-hmm. like, get these books and start following some recipes in there and you'll have the hang of it in like no time. Well, exactly. I mean, before going plant-based for myself, I, I couldn't cook. I could cook salmon. I could cook uh, <laughs> chicken. And yeah. like so I was eating the exact same thing every day and it wasn't until I went plant-based that I started opening up to all these new recipes new flavors new tastes um, new types of produce that I would never imagine trying and I'll tell you right now our dinners are so much more even our lunches are so much more exciting now than they ever have been yeah absolutely and I mean you can make it anything you want and there really isn't a product that you can't make. I mean, um, you know, one thing that we've always really liked that we couldn't have for, you know, a long time was pecan pie because mm-hmm. you need so many eggs. Um, and you can't really get that with like a flax egg, for instance. Um, but that new just egg product out, um, have do you, you heard like of that? that? I've, I've heard of it. Do you like it? Well, it's, it's really expensive. I think it's too expensive at the moment. It'll, obviously, that'll come down. And, and, you know, I don't need to make it as scrambled eggs because I really don't miss scrambled eggs or anything or omelet. You can make a great omelet with to- silk and tofu. Um, but for using it for that, to make a pecan pie, and that pecan pie was indistinguishable from a plant, you know, a meat-based pecan pie. You know, it had the same, you know, creamy kind of gooey texture that you have in a pecan pie and it it's just now that that's out it's like okay well there's one more thing that <laughs> you don't need animal products to make you know have you ever used aquafaba as an yeah my wife there? is yeah she's she's used that that we were using that actually for several things um before they came out with um you know things that were uh a little better <laughs> yeah a little better but again you know a lot of the, the thing too is where people, you know, I don't buy any of the plant-based burgers or any of that because I don't miss eating that product. I mean, I don't like like the Beyond Burgers because I don't like that greasy meat texture. 
Yeah. Um, that, you know, I'm not dying to eat a meat-based product. So when all these new companies, it's fantastic that they're making, you know, plant-based versions of popular foods for the people who are meat eaters, who want to slowly transition away. But being plant-based for so long, it's like, I don't like the taste of anything that emulates a meat product. Yeah. You know? I, I do think it's great, though, that, you know, products like Beyond Meat have, I mean, they've been selling out here. And oh, yeah. I, I think that it's great that they're starting to get the regular meat eater to look at plant-based food in general in a different way and look yeah. at it, uh, look at it beyond just someone who thinks about going vegan as only eating salads. Well, yeah, if you can, when you can go to Carl's Jr. and suddenly say, well, you know, I'm going to try that Beyond Meat burger. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it, you know, it's like, that'll, it'll satisfy their taste for a meat burger. I personally wouldn't want it because I don't want that taste, so yeah. to speak. But, but for them who are used to eating that, for me, it's like it's a win because you're, you're doing better for your body. You're obviously, you're saving an animal uh, yeah. from slaughter. And, you know, the more we can get these products up there, the more people will realize and start opting for it as a healthy solution. But um, the average, there are certainly not products that are designed or pointed towards, you know, regular long-term vegans. Oh, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So final question for you, Mark. And I ask if you're a listener of this podcast, then you will know what I'm about to ask next because I love the answers. They're always different and they're always so amazing. If you could go back in time, how would you describe the person that you are today to younger Mark? That's, that's, that's a really interesting one. And, and the reason being is because, um, you know, being a cop for 17 years from my you know, from 20 and a half to 38, basically, um, Southern California cop. Um, it created a lot of uh, hatred for humanity <laughs> on that mm -hmm. job, seeing everything that, you know, I saw over, you know, 17 years and the, the hatred and the violence and the murder and, and all that stuff. And if I could go back to that, person I don't know I would like to be able to tell them to not to understand how it is but and not let it detrimentally affect me but I just don't know that that's actually possible that you can't not build up emotional walls yeah. um, when you're seeing you know people that have been beaten to death with a hammer um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know that, you know, I'd like to be able to say, don't let it change who you are. Um, but I don't know that that's even possible because it's definitely changed who I am as, as a person. Um, and but I do you, don't. Do you think in some way it helped you get to where you are today and become the person you are today? I do think that because I'm very highly driven and never quit. I mean, and obviously that was instilled in me from, you know, law enforcement that if, you know, you're in a fight, you're going to fight until, you know, you don't, there is no quit. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, that obviously helped me with my music career where, you know, for 10 years we did 
everything on our own and end up playing big festivals with Motorhead and all these massive bands. That is um, awesome, by the way. Know, without a label or anything, we put out four records on our own um, just by just doing it, you know what I mean? And, and I would say the same thing with, you know, bodybuilding. It's like, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can never do that. And it's like, well, you know, go out there at 50 years old and stand in front of hundreds of people in your know, little bikini underwear. Um, you know, it's like, you know, I just, I don't have quit in me. Um, and obviously that instilled it in that, but at the same time, um, there's, you know, emotionally, I'm a different person than, than my wife knew. Cause we met in 1984. So, um, we started dating before I, uh, went into the academy. In fact, we, our honeymoon, I was in the police academy for our honeymoon, so we didn't really have one. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> so, I love that. you know, it's like, so obviously I'm a completely different human being than I was when we met in high school. Um, and a lot of that is attributed to, you know, just the hardening of the soul that came through, you know, 17 years of, of dealing with the human race. Uh, at the lowest level, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think the choices that I've made as far as with my life have been, have been uh, good. It's not like we've, you know, ever had uh, big problems from making stupid decisions, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I just think it'd be nice if I could have more of that um, emotional kindness to people i mean animals they're all you know i'm all in but the human the, the emotional kindness to humans that i don't know it would be nicer to show more emotion i mean i i have a unique ability just to uh be emotionless because that's what the job required you know you can't sit there and cry over some dead body on the job you yeah. know what i mean you you basically have to become uh, very hard and emotionless and build up walls around your feelings that you just don't talk about. Mm, if you haven't already, you need to write a book. Everybody says that, but you know, <laughs> like, you know, we're actually, my wife and I are actually writing it. We've written a children's book that about the, um, that we're doing with switch for good. Um, and we've written the story. She's an artist um, that is basically painting all the illustrations for the book. Oh, beautiful. And then we're going to be putting it out through Switch for Good as a, uh, like a understanding the dairy industry uh, child's book so they can see the little story about um, this baby cow taken from his mom and stuff. So That's genius. I'm also going to post the links to Switch for Good and um, the other links that you sent me as well. Yeah, it's uh, um, obviously if, you know, how many of your listeners are in the U.S., um, hopefully quite a few, but I think um, we have quite a few. Yeah. As far as, you know, plant-based supplements or there's a lot out there, but you know, not to necessarily plug a vendor on your show, but um, the supplements that I use are gains in bulk and they have a plant-based line that's all certified. So you know exactly what you're getting, you know, you're not getting fooled into believing that this plant-based when it turns out having some kind of, you know, thing you wouldn't even think about like bone char or something. Yeah. Um, in it, you know, it, you can be sure that it's plant-based certified. So um, that's always, you know, nice to know because it's hard to trust a lot of companies. A lot of times they'll stick a vegan label on it if they're 
focusing on that market and then you find out that they're using you know say taurine or something from animal source rather than synthetic so um yeah know, or their to... or their vitamin d is uh animal yeah from the fur or something like that or mm -hmm. you know i can't remember what they say it comes from some kind of fur or something yeah it's like yeah so it's it's nice to know what you're getting is is certified but you know well thank you so much for coming on the show this was amazing well, it's, it's been my pleasure absolutely the best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of plant-based nutrition is to share information if you love this podcast please share it with your friends and family both in person and through social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm so thankful for each and every share, mention, and follow from you guys. And if you're looking for more plant-based recipe inspos, or you want to kickstart your very own plant-based journey, please visit www.jenniferz.com. Until next time, guys, stay healthy, happy, and plant-based.